Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because. That look good. I got big energy every day. Let's go! And he is dicked. Blind squirrel finds a knife every once in a while. That's right. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Come on, Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. <laughs> well, how the hell are you, folks? Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldogson, with my buddies, Kev Hug and Duggan. Hey, guys. Let's <laughs> bolt up and have a great episode and a great weekend of hey, football. Hey, hey, don't point that finger at me. Let's oh, not forget I will. Kyle, oh, the I coach, will. tell you, oh, man, we're having morning, a 3D guys. experience. Everybody put on your 3D glasses. Um, all right, gang, it is Friday, and it is time to look at the upcoming opponent. But before we do, uh, YouTube, or I guess Charger Social Media dropped a little... A little teaser, a little trailer for the next all in episode. And boy, our coach knows he's got a way with words. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's got a way to just like he knows when to be analytical and 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 sound smart. And then he also knows how to how to jack you up and get you ready to go. Yeah. And the quote that even, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm a little surprised that the Chargers actually like made a graphic out of this quote. I love this so much. But they made a graphic out of the quote of him saying, "Let's have a little bit of that urgency. Let's have a little bit of that. Hey, fuck you. We're coming." <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I would wear that T-shirt. Like I, I don't know. Just seeing him talk to his players like that, and like him saying that, me feeling that way. I just. God, this is the perfect timing to hear that. And I'm so jacked up for this Sunday. Yeah. That, I mean, hearing it is, is one thing. And, and, you know, when it, it's not like we haven't heard our guys cussing in any of the, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff, you know, whether it's charger backstage or all in, but to actually see the chargers make a graphic out of it, that includes the fuck, like, it's like, well, wow, it's, that's it's, pretty cool. It's not just the, the fuck. It's the we're uh, there's something about it like that was oh, just the emphasis. I mean, just the like entire the message it's like a great. battle cry. It's like right. a battle cry. We're getting ready, boys. Right, get it's, your armor on. It's it's the entire message, but the fact that they actually took the they time to it include it, like they could have yeah, just yeah. said, like let's have a little bit of that urgency. End quote. Like it could have ended it right there, but it was like no, it's the entire message coming. is what's 
what's important of that. So that's that's just awesome to see. Yeah. Um, let's see. Apparently, somebody, I'm going to guess over at Sportsline, uh, <laughs> took the time to actually crunch some numbers and figure out uh, the playoff chances for the teams right now. And, and this is probably based on like strength of schedule remaining and blah, blah, blah. I was going to say, because I don't think anybody has like been mathematically eliminated, although there are some zero Hard percenters are there. Yeah. Dangerously close. There's a few well, dangerously there's close. There's like us and the Raiders have the same record, but we have drastically different chances of making the playoffs on this thing. Which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right now, there, there are two teams that are at the 99.9 percentile. That's Arizona and Buffalo. Um, Scrolling down, though, the number one AFC West uh, possibility playoff is Kansas City at a seventy point two. Dude, and they had a they had a lucky game last week. They're right, still the, playing like the AFC and West they, is and the still, week before because they beat the Rodgersless Packers. Like, yeah, just the Chiefs false, have not arrived. There, mm-hmm. it's it's a false I, sense I of confidence. Yeah. I'm not. I I still don't want them to win ever, but I'm. I don't think it's. Anything like they're saying here. Yeah. Kansas City's at a 70.2. We're closely behind with a 57.4. And then the next AFC West is the Raiders. And they're listed at a 29.1. And again, percent chance, pretty similar yeah. records for us in the in the Raiders. So that was... There's some calculators involved with this. I'm not yeah, quite sure how they got to these numbers. But I saw that and I was like, you know what? 57. That's pretty good. Like, I just remember all those years where you're like, yeah, you, you sit there with a piece of paper and you write down like how your path to getting to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you start rooting every weekend for those certain teams to yeah, lose. To lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then we were at one game a, a long time ago where we all were going to make it in the playoffs, but the Miami Dolphins or somebody like that had to win mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. lost. And right. we missed the playoffs. Because I remember of that. we were on the bus from StubHub to our parking lot. You know how that's they had the what shuttle. Was. Me, you, and Dad went to the game at StubHub, and then we were on the shuttle to the parking lot. And all the fans were on their phones watching, and they ended the the result that we needed didn't come through, and we didn't mm. make the playoffs. It was a pretty big bummer. And we had won. We won, so we were walking yeah. out we of beat that. We the Raiders. Like, yeah. yeah, we won, and then it was like, oh, but our season's over. Oh, that so. Sucks. <laughs> Let's keep building these wins so we're not having to do the crazy math and come up with who needs to lose and win for us to make a wild card spot. Right. We could still win this AFC West. It's still right. very, yeah. very realistic with plenty yeah. of time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think the one thing that we have in our favor is the divisional wins that we have. And- yeah. Hey, are we undefeated in the AFC West or are we I undefeated your in the AFC West? ass we are. There we're undefeated, go. boys. That's, That's right. How I no. see it. Yeah. Hey, AFC West. Fuck you, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, we're coming. Um, yeah, and Denver is, is at the bottom of all of that at a 21.6% chance of making the playoffs. So it, it's very attainable for the AFC West. I mean, it is a very competitive division of the league. I, arguably the most competitive division in the league, but we've got a pretty good shot. We just, we gotta, we gotta get back on track. We gotta fix those things that we keep talking about needing to fix. Um, Looking over at Twitter, Fernando Ramirez tweeted out, Chargers coach Brandon Staley says edge rusher Joey Bosa has tested negative for COVID-19, but he is on the list as a close contact. Staley adds uh, defensive tackle Christian Covington will also be added to the list. So as soon as this came out, it was just like everybody's heads exploded and it just went like, oh, God, no, why? As, as if I couldn't hate the Vikings anymore, those assholes brought all that COVID with them. And then one of these players snuck out there and, and gave it to him. I'm not, that's probably not what happened, but that's what I'm, that's the story I'm sticking to. Well, just them playing. I mean, they're in each other's faces for an hour's worth of game time. So it's a matter of. It might be, uh, what's his nuts? Cousins, because Joey was up was in his face him. all day go. long. It very what's well could have been. Yeah. What's so it, it was just, he he was on that close contact, so he's on but the list. But that means he can still play by he Sunday. He can still if, play as long if, as he continues to test negative. Right, just yeah. needs to. He won't get a week of practice negative. though. Is the only downside. That's fine. So, right, living room push ups. You know, healthy bear. Yeah, he's healthy, healthy bear. bear. <laughs> that was the thing that scared us is that <laughs> it came out bear. that uh, that Joey Bosa is unvaccinated. So it was just like, oh shit! Like you, you know what? You was, know what Joey's doing? Joey's hibernating. 
a, a bear coming out of hibernation is not a happy bear. No, he's not. <laughs> hungry, hungry bear. That's hungry, right. ruthless. Yeah. Eat his own cubs Angry bear. bear. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So there, it's not all hope is lost just yet. As long as he continues to test negative, everything will be copacetic. Um, and then the Chargers tweeted out, uh, we've signed Braden Fajoko to our active roster. Woolly. Placed Christian Covington on the call- reserve. <laughs> and and signed- Tillery, Tillery's out. Tillery's out this game because he, he tested, tested positive. positive. He did test yeah. positive. So Correct. you called your shot, dude. I think they Tillery's going to be on the bench. You might see a Fajoko sack dance. Oh, God, that would just be... That would just make... That be would good. make I'm this not- season. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know you listen to these. And it better be good because you you built this up like you really have, twenty yeah. weeks ago, and we've been sitting here in anticipation ever since. Yes, dude. And I uh, just a little nugget: we interviewed somebody in our Bolt Insight this week, somebody from Locked On, mm. and they talked to somebody from the Locked On uh, Steelers pod, and has a very good insight about that center position in Pittsburgh and the possibility of getting some extra pressure possibly. So don't go anywhere. We don't need any center because guess who's playing guard for the Steelers? Who? Trey (laughs) Turner. Well, Trey Turnstile Turner. Yeah. We need to attack the turnstile. Bust him in the lip and you're good to go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Spin him. Spin him right round, baby. Right right round. Yeah. And to to finish that tweet, uh, Karen Reed uh, was signed to our practice squad. It doesn't say position, so I don't even know who Karen Reed, Karun. I think it's a D lineman, right? I, you would cool imagine, considering that yeah. it's all defensive guys. I don't but think yes. it's Karen, though. It's Karun. Karen. Karun. Um, Karen Reed coming in. <laughs> Karen wants to talk to our manager. Um, <laughs> yeah, just the fact that Braden Fajoko will be on the active roster. I'm excited to see that. I'm I'm hoping yep. that he has a good game. Um, and then Fernando Ramirez continued on his tweet to coach Brandon Staley says of free safety, Nasir Adderley and cornerback Michael Davis are trending positive that they will both practice today. And I think I saw that they did practice. So it was, practice. it was funny. He tweeted that. I just saw somebody post like, maybe don't use the word positive in describing <laughs> this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're trending in upward direction. <laughs> right. Positive trying to stay away from moving positive. in the right direction. Positive yeah. is a yeah. trigger word for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. No. Oh, yeah. Especially sure. at that Bosa news. Yeah, big time. So um, looking at the full injury report, uh, Nasir Adderley did get in a limited practice. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, still with that knee injury, was practicing in full. So I don't know at what point they need to they can get taken off of the injury report, but got a full practice in. Steven Anderson, ankle, got a full practice in. Michael Davis got his limited practice in. Alohi Gilman, quadricep, did not practice. Dadgummit. I wonder if that had anything to do with the collision that he had with uh, mm. Derwin. I mean, he did kind of lay down there for a little bit, so who knows? He was uh, probably just sat at himself for running into Derwin James and giving up a touchdown. Well, I blew it. He, I blew it. I don't know where else he would have injured his quadricep to the point that he wouldn't be able to practice. So, um, Justin Jackson quadricep is now upgraded to limited. Hmm. Uh, these are all Wednesday reports. So if anything changes between Wednesday and Friday, forgive us. Uh, Justin Jones knee injury, uh, did get a full practice in Linval shoulder injury did not practice son of a gun. Veteran day. He went extra hard against those Vikings. So yeah, give him a day off. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully that's all it is. We uh, need him so bad. This oh, is yeah. so bad. Oh, yeah. Our run defense is just <laughs> if Limbaugh Joseph doesn't play. That'll be yeah. that would be a big blow. Um, Trey Marshall, ankle, did not practice. Uh, that's our other defensive back. Uh Chris Rumpf, uh, wrist injury <laughs> of some kind. Uh he heard it a- during his taunt. Yeah, <laughs> he's waving his arms around too hard and yeah. snapped something. I don't know, uh, but he got a full practice in, so good to see. And then Mark Webb Jr., our rookie corner uh, defensive back, uh, knee injury did not practice. So not a lot of uh, second secondary looks a little banged up right now. So we need to get um, Vato and Alohi back. We got to we let's, we got to get them back because people are looking. We got Nasir. Nasir is Nasir would be a big yeah, one to Nasir, get back yeah. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then looking at the Steelers injury report, Chase Claypool, wide receiver, toe injury, got a limited practice in. So we'll see if we see him on Sunday. Uh, Joe Hayden, cornerback, foot injury, didn't practice. 
Trey Turner. Turnstile himself. <laughs> Ankle injury did not practice. So oh, he, shocking. Who oh, knows man. if we'll see oh. him. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Dotson, offensive line, ankle, did not practice. TJ Watt, linebacker, the one of the hot linebackers we've been seeing, had a hip knee injury, did not practice. So that would be huge. That would be a big deal if he is held out this Sunday. And then Cam Hayward, uh, defensive tackle, coach's decision. <laughs> what is that? Seen this well, one. are these <laughs> coach? <laughs> No, you're not practicing. Well, he what? got a limited practice in, so I don't know what the decision is. Maybe he was late to practice or something. <laughs> you're oh, not no. going to practice with the rest mm-hmm. of us. You're going to. I do. Know. I do want to take this opportunity to shout out um, Karen, because if you don't, you know, Karen Garcia, if you know her, she's Karen awesome. Sports. She's the yes. best. Karen loves sports. She's she's the best. Her husband is a Steelers fan. <laughs> and we are really not only for ourselves hey, want to win Eddie, this week. We hate the sin, love the sinner. We hate the sin. We love exactly. the sinner. We love you. That's but right. We don't appreciate your fandom for the Steelers. <laughs> this week is not the week that I'm your um I'm your friend. And so we're not um, besties. <laughs> no, not this week. So um we're really pulling for Karen this week, not only for the Chargers, but for Karen so she can have that uh um marital upper hand on her uh, loser husband <laughs> for the week. <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. There's, I mean, we got a lot of guys on our injury report, and they've got a fair amount on theirs, and hopefully, our guys trend in the right direction. Yes, we're not looking for positivity. We're no. looking for trending north. Yeah, and not on the injury report. Minka Fitzpatrick's not playing. They put him on the COVID list. Mm. Um, he's their starting That's free huge. safety, all pro. It's a huge, huge hit for them. Um, yeah, we. It's that's that's huge for our passing attack for sure. We should Big be able time. to take some shots. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Okay, folks. Well, let's take a look over at the Steelers and see where they sit within their division. Right now, they are second in the AFC North with a five and three win loss Horatio with one. Repeat it. Oh, one. right. One tie. Yes. Tie. Oh, that five two. <laughs> to the Lions. <laughs> I forgot about uh, that. I, I'm just so used to looking uh. at the first two columns. I forgot there was a third. Um, it's almost fit, like column. it's so that's so embarrassing to have your tie be against the winless it's, Lions. Like it's yeah, almost well, is worse. It, is it better than a loss? Well, I don't that's, know. I was going to ask you guys. Every time I hear that a team gets a tie, they say that that's worse than a win or a loss because it doesn't it's like kissing your sister. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that. But as far as like the actual how it like helps or doesn't help you get into the playoffs, like it doesn't help your record having a tie. It's just like a game. It's a half that's a just game. like yeah, it's like almost yeah. wiped off your record. So it's just a half game. But so you're better than a team that's five and four, but you're not obviously not as good as a team that's six and three. So you can see in their standings, the Bengals are five and four. So the Steelers are now above them in the standings because they oh, only okay, have three yeah. losses. There you go. So. It's like, okay, so to give a bad, Kevin's not going to be happy with this illustration, but in soccer, you get points for your wins and your draws. So you get three points for a win, one point for a tie. Okay. Um, so you can kind of think of it like that. Like, it's so like, if you have a, if you have a tie, it's not as good as a win, but it's better than a loss when it comes to standings. But it, in as a fan, it's the worst thing that could ever happen. You, how do you leave? You don't, you don't leave Sunday mad or happy. You're just like, well, shouldn't have wasted three hours watching that. that was but the, and your opponent, you weren't like going toe and toe with the Ravens no, yeah, and you yeah. tie, right? Like yeah. you just suck, right? The winless yep. Lions. So, uh, looking at the teams that they played, uh, they beat the Buffalo Bills in Week One. Week that was one. pretty surprising. Uh, lost to the Raiders in Week Two. Um, these are relatively close. Seven point game, uh, nine point game. Yeah, stomped by the stomped Bengals by the by Bengals. 14. Yeah, that was a fourteen point game. Um, lost to the Packers, ten point game. Uh, beat the Broncos, but everybody should be able to f- beat the Broncos. The fact the Broncos have any wins <laughs> is a shock. I don't know. The Broncos smoked the Cowboys last week. Yeah, yeah Von Miller yeah. gone, and all of a sudden that opened up everything. That's true. Oh, that was two weeks ago. Sorry, that was two weeks ago. I think. Um, yeah, so they. Beat the Broncos, uh, barely beat the Seahawks in, uh, overtime. in overtime. Yeah, beat the Cleveland Browns. It was a pretty low scoring game and barely beat the Chicago Bears 29 yeah, 27. They haven't scored 30 points yet this year. Mm, there you go. They, it's 
their their offense is not prolific, but you see their defense keeps keeps it close. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's and that's always been the identity of the Steelers. You know, they're tough defense with a good running game, and that's that's what they are again this year. I think some of these numbers though also include Minka and T.J. Watt. So yeah. if without them, that's you know, those are two. Their two best players on defense yeah. and doesn't anymore did include uh melvin ingram who is now no longer with the steelers over on kansas city which is you know it's arguably more unfortunate but what sucks ever since he got to the chiefs they haven't lost just saying i did see i, I did see a little bit of him playing and he did he did look good All right, let's not talk about it let's move on i, I love you guys too much to- <laughs> why did we do that <laughs> why did we do that i'm sorry um so yeah, what, wait. So, what are we here, Kevin? What is this? What have I done? <laughs> what, what are you? That does doing? not align with I, our goal on the Charger Chat. Podcast, this is not our up, mission statement, guys. Bringing up crap. Yeah, um, we'll talk about it after the show. Mm, right. Does not compute. We go to HR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yelling at me again. Um. So yeah, the I, for all intents and purposes, we should be able to beat these guys. So. Well, we uh, should be able to beat every team every Exactly. As, as we've mentioned, yes, we should be able to beat every team. It's just whether or not we can play a clean game, get all the kinks worked out, and God, come on, guys, just do it. Yeah. Uh, I think it, yeah. With Ben Roethlisberger not in, too, last week, uh, Mason Rudolph threw 50 passes. So I don't... Wow. I think he went 30 for 50 for like 250 or something along those lines. I don't understand... You're starting quarterbacks out, so now you're backup. You just throw the ball every single play. Well, because um, Roethlisberger's so old, like he his arm doesn't work. Like he can't throw as much. So maybe they that's what their offense is designed to do, and they're just like placating Ben. So I kind of want know. Ben to get back here and play because that would be a lot more fun to. But they scored 13 points against the Lions in five quarters. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. as if throwing 50 times was beneficial for them. Um, I just think. I hope that that continues to be the the trend because I think if Mason Rudolph throws the ball 40 times against us, we're going to create turnovers and get pressure in it, on on him. So um, I, I would anticipate a change in philosophy after that game. And I think Najee Harris is going to get fed um, oh, quite a bit sure. here coming into this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also something to keep in mind too, this game is all eyes are on us. This is Sunday, yeah, Sunday night. night. This yeah, is, that's right, you know, yeah. and we've seen Herbert rise to the occasion on these these big Prime time times, games. Yeah. So, um, let, let's get another one, man. I really want this win. Fingers crossed. Um, all right, folks. Well, don't forget to go on over to chargechat.com. Check out some of the sweet merch that we have over there, like this deliciously comfortable hoodie. Mm, it feels so good on my skin. It really is so soft. <laughs> I was, I was kind of so pissed comfy. off. I bought a Charger hoodie at the game and, and it's not I as brought nice. it home. And it's not as comfortable as ours. I'm like, damn it. This sucks. I spent like $70 on that thing. Well, yeah, you won't spend $70 to chargerchat.com, folks. If you want a comfy hoodie, go on over there, oh. check it out. And also don't forget to check out the member section on our page where you can chat it up with other Charger Chat fans. So, if you are so inclined to pick something up, it really helps us out to uh, cover the cost of, you know, making this show for you guys. So, uh, chargerchat.com, check it out. Now it's time to check out our next segment, Coach's mm. Corner. Yes. Coach, let's see it. It's very nice. Is it good? Great moments are born great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. A lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody puts <laughs> coaches in And corner. we shut them down because we can't. It's because I believed in you. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. <laughs> but it just wouldn't be our style. Let's do it. All right, folks. Well, last episode, this last Tuesday, a couple of you actually reached out specifically to Coach, wanting him to take a look at some of our game playing. And I think some of it had to do with the Lombardi play calling and stuff like that. What what exactly was that there, Coach? Yeah, so everyone's kind of frustrated with the short to intermediate passing game. Mm -hmm. Um, There is even some charts that went up. I don't remember where, but on social medias and some of these outlet news. Next gen. Next gen. Yeah, (laughs) talking about like how it showed like a passing chart on a football field of where all of Justin's passes went. And they were all like under 20 yards, Mm. Um, and which led to a lot of fans being like, what's Lombardi doing? Why is he calling only these short underneath routes? Um, So my question as when i when i hear those stats and when i hear people accusing a coordinator of 
um, anything because I was a coach. I was a coordinator. I got accused of a lot of stuff that was not always correct. Um, I My head goes, okay, was well, this actually what's happening or is there some other factor going into this? So I wanted to go back and watch all of our, I watched every pass play of the first half um, to see if there was deep route options. So is it a matter of Lombardi's play calling? He's not even calling deep routes or is it just a matter of Justin not taking those chances? Um, because if if the deep route's called and that's part of the route scheme, then it's not Lombardi's fault. He may have called a, a play with a deep route intended and Justin just didn't throw the ball. Uh, and you can't blame that on play calling. You can, you can blame that on Justin being conservative. You can blame that on their defense being over the top and not allowing deep balls. So we're taking what they give us. Um, you can blame that on overall philosophy of the team of being too conservative. But you can't blame that on the play calling because the call is there for the deep balls to go. So I looked at quite a few. This is, this is I think, the most glaring. I don't think that we're a conservative underneath team. This is the very first pass of the game. So on first down, we ran a little run to Eckler. He picked up five yards. I'm going to roll it. This is the very first pass of the game. Watch these two guys. It's a two-route two combination. There's only two guys going out on passes, and it's a play action. Watch how deep these routes get. And like I said, I think this is a perfect example. First pass of the game. We're setting the tone. This is what our team's about. They're both 25-plus-yard routes. Those are deep routes. That's taking a chance. We're trying to go downfield right away. Now, it's a play action, and the linebacker catches it. So it doesn't get open. He gets into he gets to Justin too fast and he's not able to make the play. But look at these big, this is a deep, this is a big 25-yard route. Mike Williams is down here at 50 plus yards. Mm. Those are big time routes. That's not a we're conservative, not trying to take chances. This is first pass of the game. We're trying to go after it. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna look at a couple more here, but it I just it don't blame play calling. Go back and watch. If you think we only throw underneath passes, that might be player decisions, not necessarily offensive scheme. This is the second pass of the game, not including screens because screen passes to the running back are just glorified run plays. It's just a different way to get the running back the ball. Um, But second pass of the game, again, you're going to see there's two nines. So these outside receivers, they're both going to go straight upfield. They're going on deep, take a chance, deep balls. Justin doesn't throw it. He's going to hit Keenan on a little out route because this guy clears. He's going to come and come out and it's open, but can't blame the play calling. It's just the decision-making. We want to throw the underneath stuff. And that's what Justin is taking because that's what they give us. But if you watch up top, man, in my head, pre-snap, if I'm wanting to take a chance, you have Mike Williams right here in press coverage with safety in the middle of the field. This guy's never going to get to the sideline in time. If we're wanting to take a chance, the play is called. Justin could easily have looked up, thrown this ball to Mike right away and given him a shot. Watch up top, Mike Williams is man-to-man. He puts a move on. He gets separation. He should be able to go make a play. I mean, that 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 guy fell down. It, it, right. Pre-snap, you look, that guy's there. That's where we're going. But that's not what we did. That's not a play call. That's a decision. Um, so just, again, another example. The deep balls are there. We just got to start taking those chances. How frustrating is that to go back and look at this film and be like, oh, shit, Mike was wide, would be wide open for you right now. Yeah, it's it's hard. I, I don't get frustrated. It. it in the game, there's so much going on. Um, you could pretty much do that on every single pass play. You could go back and say, hey, you should have thrown there. You should have thrown there. Um, there's a, there's some where he throws to the exact perfect spot. But there is some decision-making that's just going to be off. And look, he made the wrong decision. We still picked up 15 in the first down. Right. Yeah. I mean, Keenan still gets open. He they, they get him the ball, and he picks up 12 for a first down. So I'm, I'm not, like, extremely mad. But, yeah, sure. I see I see press coverage against Mike with safety in the middle of the field. We're, we're going to Mike over the top. Give a shot. It's going to be a PI, if nothing else. So this is on the third drive of the game. So we only had two drives in the first quarter. This is the start the second quarter. Um, this, this pass play here, you're going to get a double move by Mike Williams. Anytime you get a double move, that's a big play. Like, uh, you're trying to take a shot deep. So he's going to come out. He's in the slot. Keenan is here. He's going to come out here, act like he's running a hitch. It's, kind of, it's called a hitch and go. So he's going to slow down, try to get the corner to bite, and then go deep. Um, again, a deep route look that the offensive play caller is calling. Um, but as you'll see, we're going to hit Keenan Allen on a wide open out. So the deep, the deep thought is there. I mean, that's a deep ball. He's 20 yards right there before the ball's thrown. That's a deep route. You had safety come over the top. So you have two men to defend and you have a wide open Keenan Allen coming outside. 
You can't get mad at a wide open route, even though it's underneath. We had the deep route. Coach called it. It wasn't there, so we took what was wide open. Um, again, you, it's just it's hard to get mad at, hey, we keep throwing it under. We keep throwing it under. Well, they're, if they're stopping everything deep, we took some chances, but you don't want to be careless with the football. Aggressive, not reckless. Yeah. Mm. But that could come down to decision-making. Like that first play we looked at, that was that if he had thrown that ball to Mike, that's not reckless. That's one-on-one press coverage, safety in the middle of the field. That's aggressive, not reckless. He throws this ball, it's a little bit more reckless. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, on this play, you have Mike Williams down here at the bottom. He has man coverage and press. So he's on the line of scrimmage. Safety's in the middle of the field. Same look we got earlier. This time Justin takes the shot. He's gonna throw it up to Mike, allow him to try to go make a play. And you see what happens when we take some of these shots. And that's why the, this, that's why we get so frustrated. It's like either Mike's going to catch it or it's going to be a PI. He gets PI'd. It's like 20 something yard pickup. And we didn't even have to catch the ball because that matchup is just so bad for the other team. This is where fans start to get frustrated. It's like, God, if we could just throw the ball deep every time, then we, we're going to make good things happen. If it's really 80, 20, I'm okay with the 20% incompletions completions. If we can get the 80 mm-hmm. um, or the, the, the pass interferences. And I completely agree, but it's not a play calling issue. If the the routes are there, it's just some decision-making or philosophy um, behind trying to dink and dunk until things open up. Mm -hmm. The play calling is there. It's just, we got to start taking those chances. Um, And I think when you're the underdog, you take the chances, right? When you're playing the Chiefs early in the season and you you know going into Arrowhead, you have to take chances, you throw those balls. When you're on primetime TV against the Raiders and you want to beat those guys, you take the chances. When you're an, uh, the favorite and you should beat these teams handily, it, it's less, you, you don't want to mess it up. You don't want to throw a pick to then put the underdog in the game. Mm. You want to just control the game and win. Um, but I think offensively, at least, we need to get more aggressive because the play calls are there, the routes are there. We just got to start taking those, those opportunities when they come up. Mm-hmm. Now, again, these, these last three plays have all been the same exact drive, right? We had Mike running that stutter go, didn't throw it. Had Mike going on the nine, we threw it. Again, Mike, and I hate to say this, but it seems like Mike Williams has become this guy again. Um, We're not running those underneath stuff that we saw early in the season. When I went back and watched the first half, most of his stuff is just he's going downfield and just probably getting dead tired from running go routes and us not throwing him the ball. Um, Because again, on this play, He's going to give a little in and then he's going to try to fade back out because he sees this safety sit on it um, and he's open. I mean, it, it's not wide open, but he, the the look is there. He's going to get a corner and ma- like run in with him with the safety in the middle of the field. He starts to work in, but then bends out. If Justin had thrown this ball with a little touch to the outside, it's there. So again, the play call is there. He chose, he got a little bit of pressure in his face. So he chose the dump off instead of going for the deep ball. Let me run it back again, see if we can get it to not glitch on us. Um, But Mike Williams at the top of the screen. He's going to give a little in and then out. He's open right there. You're a man-to-man. Lob it up into here and let him go run underneath it. Safety had already moved to the middle of the field, but we try to dump it off, and it's an incompletion. I was going to say, like right when you pause that, I mean, Justin Herbert is surrounded by people. Didn't have a lot of time this game. Well, here's the thing. So the ball that I'm wanting to be thrown is thrown right now. Gotcha. Now is when you throw it. Okay. And he throws the ball now. It, it it has to be, you can't wait until he is where you want him to be. The look needs to be safety in the middle of the field. Mike Williams manned up. Once he starts to work outside, throw that ball up there. Mm. The same time that he threw the ball to Eck, he could have thrown the ball to Mike. Gotcha. Okay. So it wouldn't have gotten it's, blocked. Well, his he, arm he hit de- that direction. Yeah, Storm got pushed back into him a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not looking at pressures. I'm just looking at routes. Right, And right. Coach called a deep route. Gotcha. Coach called a deep ball. There was an opportunity there that we could have taken, but we just chose not to. Mm-hmm. Um, so on, I looked at the whole first half of the 20, 20-ish pass plays. On 12 or 13 of them, we had deep route options. So more than half of our plays, there's a deep route there that we could take. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of, and the ones that aren't deep, don't have a deep route element, it's either red zone or it's like third and three, and we're just trying to get a first down. Everyone's kind of going right to the sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the generic, 
we're throwing the ball on second and eight, first and 10, there is a deep route. There's something there that we could take. Okay. We're just not choosing to. If as a fan, if you're expecting us to send four routes straight downfield, it's not going to happen. Mm. We're not running the the Madden Hail this Mary every this play. It's street football with your buddies. No, it's it's not going to happen. You're going to get one, maybe two routes that go deep on a on a route on a play, and we have that. They're there. We're just not. We're choosing not to throw it. And I I don't know why. Um, like I said, there could be a lot of factors at work, but the deep routes are in these route these route schemes in these plays. We just got to start taking advantage of them a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I pump the brakes on asking for Lombardi's head. Um, I think that some of it is Justin getting used to a new system, trying to get on the same page, get dialed in, and it'll start. We just got to start taking some of these chances. We're gonna we're gonna start to be underdogs again in these games, so we got to start. Just start playing like it and go take chances. All right, Agent Rivers, you convinced? Because I'm convinced. I didn't need to be convinced, but I'm fully convinced. <laughs> yeah, and again, I would encourage you guys, go on if you have Game Pass, uh, if you don't subscribe. But being able to see it like this, it just adds a different element to the game. Um, I think it can easily help some of that anxiety of, man, what are we doing? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, sometimes we just make that bad decisions and sometimes it's just not, in, in the cards for that day. Right. And it's not even always necessarily bad decisions. Like, I mean, it, you chose, you chose the lesser a, it's of two a evils. decision, you, you know? Yeah. You chose decision B where you could have chose right. decision A. Yeah. Cause like, as you mentioned earlier, some of the decisions that the toss to Keenan Allen, like that still got us a first down. It just wasn't, right. you know, a 20 yard first down. It was a 15 right. or a 12 yard first down. So, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there you go, folks. Agent rivers, Efren, Coach took a look at it, showed you what all was going on, gave you the bird's eye view, which is important to to actually see what all is happening as opposed to watching it at home and limited Not to seeing. yeah the the whatever the angle it is that they give you. So, um, all right, thank you, Coach, for yeah. taking a look. Thanks for coach. sure. And the guys that asked, let me know in the comments if you have any like if if there was like a rebuttal or if there was anything else because I'll I'll get down in the comments and have a combo. There you go. All right, folks. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment, Bolt Insight. Kevin kind of teased it a little bit earlier that we might have a little something special going on in this one. Let's see who it is. David! (laughs) (laughs) Or we won't see it. Kevin will just tell us. As soon as that clock starts, your ass is mine. When I met Justin Herbert, man, that dude is big as hell. The goal is to just keep it rolling. Come in hype because we have a lot of things to be excited about. All right, guys, we are back with another Bolt Insight, and we're super lucky to have David from Locked On Chargers. What is going on, my man? Not much. Obviously, we're right in the middle of another game week. Um, Big Sunday night football game against the Steelers in front of the entire world. We know whenever these two teams match up, something ridiculous is going to happen. Something crazy is going to happen. So I'm just looking to see what the hell that's going to be this time. Awesome, man. Yeah, super excited about this week. Want to get want to get another win. It just I, these lost yeah, weeks are so brutal. It's just like well, you want to get back. I want to get back on the field, do something, but I, you know, obviously can't. Um, so let's yeah. uh let's let's I want to first before we do anything, I want to find out how we usually do this is how did you become a Charger fan? We want to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I mean, I'm from San Diego. Um, my whole family is from San Diego, and you know, we grew up being Charger fans. I mean, that's just what it was. That was the culture, that was the environment. It was, and my mom doesn't, you know, it's funny. My mom doesn't care about sports at all, but she does care about how the chargers are doing on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. Um, and you know, it's just, Hey, did you see that touchdown or, or Hey, you know, you remember when I took you to the game at Qualcomm when you were six years old and I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm 30. I don't remember that. Of course not. Um, but it's, it was always a festive type of situation for us. We always got together to watch charger games. I mean, Let's be honest, the Chargers were interwoven into the fabric of San Diego, into that city sure. for 56 years. Like it was it was a part of San Diego. When you talked about San Diego, you knew that the Chargers were a large portion of that. And obviously things have changed with them moving on to LA, but that's how it started for me. It was a family tradition to be a Charger fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Same here. It's can't get away from it. I go home. I just went home, went to the game last weekend, like my whole house is covered in Chargers stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's why I was, you know, you know, imprinted. I was in the bathroom looking at Charger memorabilia. Like, this is my life. So why I'm going to yes. be a Charger fan forever. Absolutely. I mean, it's just everywhere. It's, it's 
I mean, you look at, you come to my house, you're going to see charger stuff on the walls. I mean, you're going to see charger stuff on my body. I have chargers tattoos. I mean, the chargers are my life. I mean, they're, I mean, not my life, but they're a large part of my life. I mean, I'm a fan as well as an analyst, right? So every time the chargers lose, it's going to take me five or six hours to wind down and, and, you know, not be angry and not be pissed off. And, you know, I know that I have to get on here and record a show. I mean, locked on, we do five shows a week and the show does not stop. I mean, the show must go on. So you have to get your emotions in check and, and check back into that analyst um, and really go out there and, and, and give it as, as what it's, as what you saw. I mean, you just have to go into it and provide the insight that you saw from the game and try to be a, as objective as you can. And sometimes as a fan, that's difficult. Yeah, for sure. And we love what you guys do over at Locked On. You guys grind and put out some awesome, awesome work. Thank so we, have, we have, everyone here appreciates what you guys do. So um, keep it up. So, all right. So, I, you know, and I'm curious to find out a little bit more about your experience going to um, SoFi, because I know you went there earlier in the year. So what was it like going into the the spaceship that is SoFi? Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely an uh, out of this world experience. Uh, I mean, yes, indeed. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, it is one of the wonders of the world. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, I love how they they kind of made Rivers Lake. I mean, the the Chargers yep. fans that is senior uh, I mean, snappy. I love that. Not messing around over there. He's doing it. Anywhere that you look in the stadium, there's no bad sight lines. It's truly, truly beautiful. I mean, it, it is a mecca of football. It is a Coliseum where our gladiators get to go out there and go to battle in style and, and truly one of the most beautiful venues I have ever been to in my life. SoFi stadium is an, an absolute gem. That's why they do. That's why they're doing concerts there. That's why they're wanting to host like the Olympics and stuff like that. It's because SoFi stadium is one of those buildings where you want your event to take place. It has that kind of cachet and for being such a, a young building, it is going to house some of the most miraculous sporting and entertainment events the world has ever seen for many years to come because SoFi Stadium is that place. It's yeah. crazy. It's so awesome. It's just like so bizarre sitting there like, can't believe this is real. It's just like doesn't feel right. So, you know, and uh, to do a, a fun punny segue, it did last week. Uh, this last game didn't feel real. It felt odd as a Charger fan. Um, so, you know, general thoughts in terms of like what you enjoyed, what you thought was good that we, you know, improved upon from the previous week. What were some things that you saw that you were like, okay, cool, we're heading in the right direction? Because there were some definitely things that weren't good. But what did you see that you liked? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, it has to start with the run defense. For the third straight game, they have shown improvement. They have shown that they are going to be able to corral one of the best backs in, in the NFL, Dalvin Cook. They held Dalvin Cook to under 100 yards rushing and under four yards a carry, which if you would have asked me that question three games ago, I would have said there's absolutely no possible way that that would happen. The Chargers were given up five, six, seven, eight yards a carry on the ground. They could not get off the field because teams were just running it down their throat and they had no choice when on defense, when you're in third and short situations, you can't rush the passer. You can't automatically try to defend against the pass. You have still have to entertain the, the thought of a run coming. It just makes things so much more difficult. So that's what happened in, in this game. <laughs> the Vikings, they didn't run it particularly well, but they ran it effectively. They kept the chargers off the field, the Chargers offense off the field. They dominated the time of possession. The Chargers had very few opportunities. And when you get, you know, you know, 10 possessions, but you're, you know, you have six of those be empty drives. It's hard to win a football game yeah. when, when that happens. But I, I think you have to talk about Keenan Allen having another strong game as well, close to 90 yards receiving in this game after having a hundred yards receiving in the previous game. So that's definitely trending. Well, uh, I think I'm starting to get a little bit concerned with Mike Williams. Uh, I start, I hope that they start to use him a little bit more often um, because Earlier in the season, he was a catalyst type of guy. I mean, you get the ball in his hands and let him go work. And I think early in his career, he didn't get enough of those opportunities. When he did, though, when he got that rushing opportunity, when he got that, you know, those quick slants and his, the ability to just use those long strides and run away from people and that physicality to run through people, he showed that he is capable of doing that. He's much more than just a jump ball receiver. This guy 
can make things happen. So they need to go back to using him more. Um, and, you know, I think that's kind of what encompassed this game. And honestly, I send out a tweet afterwards because the game was just frustrating, man. Right. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I mean, just oh, yeah. this was not a pleasant game to watch from start to finish. And, and it feels like to me, if the chargers don't get off to a good start where they're in rhythm right away, it seems like they're never able to get out of that funk and they, they can't straighten things out. And that's something they're going to have to correct going forward. Yeah, for sure. It w- I was there in person and it just felt like, didn't feel like the chargers I had watched the previous weeks, like offense, yeah. what, like weird drops, weird decisions, just miss opportune times for things to go wrong. So I'm, um, you know, we've had a couple of those this year and I'm hoping they we're just, just start distancing ourselves. Let's start getting into real charger football where we're competitive. The beauty of all of it though, is that we're, you know, still as a one possession game, you know, we still yeah. are still competitive. You know, we always have a chance. So um, we're just, you know, hopefully we can, you know, kick it off and get, you know, something going this Sunday night. Want to ask your, you know, your thoughts on the Steelers team who just tied the the Lions, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, so they're they're coming off kind of a disappointing previous Sunday, much like ourselves. So yeah. what do you think the keys to success for us in getting getting this win Sunday night? Yeah, so I mean, I think if you you, you look at the Steelers team, you don't know who's going to play quarterback. I, I mean, you don't know if it's going to be Mason Rudolph. You don't know if it's, it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger, but. I don't think the game plan changes too much. I mean, I think if you look at the stats, um, they're throwing the ball, you know, 10 yards and and under like 60% of the time. Like they're really not throwing the ball down the field. And I'm sure Chase Claypool has got to hate that. But um, Deontay Johnson is the beneficiary of that. Cause I mean, he's a Keenan Allen type where he's a very clean route runner um, and he always gets open. I mean, he has over 80 targets so far this season. And he has 26 more targets than any other person on the Steelers offense. So number one, know where he's at at all times because they're going to throw him the football. No question. Najee Harris. He's dangerous. I mean, don't let the 3.7 yards per carry average fool you because this dude will shake you out of your shoes. He'll run over you. He'll run around you. He is very talented and he's a good pass catcher as well. They, they use him in those, the screen game a lot to try to slow down the pass rush. He is a legit weapon that you have to pay attention to and know where he's at at all times on, on defense here. I I think the Chargers are some opportunities with a weak offensive line to really get after the quarterback here. I mean, they have some backups. They have a lot of injuries right now. The Steelers are hurting and, you know, traditionally the Steelers have very, very strong offensive lines throughout the years this year withstanding. It's definitely not the case. I think you have to, whoever is there playing quarterback for the Steelers, you have to make things extremely uncomfortable for them. And I think the way to do that is the center position. Their center has given up three sacks already this year. And, you know, I was just on a crossover with the lockdown Steelers host. And he was saying, if you get into your pressure and you get your hands on this center, you can push him back and you can push him into the lap of the quarterback. And one of the things that, you know, I loved seeing Philip Rivers on, on Monday night there with the Mannings, yeah, yeah. they talked about that interior pressure, right? And how that was the most difficult thing for them to have to deal with. Because, you know, if you got rushers coming around the outsides, you can step up and sure. you can move a little bit in the pocket. When you have pressure coming in your face, you have to have some lateral agility. And Mason Rudolph and Ben, ben Roethlisberger, I mean, broken Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> yeah. don't have that. Nope. They don't have it anymore. So if you're able to get pressure in their face, then that's going to be the best way for the chargers to get off the field. And Hey, it's always score touchdowns, score touchdowns. You have to score touchdowns, especially against one of the better defenses in the NFL. And this defense might be without TJ Watt. And if they are, Man, I love the chances a lot more winning this football game if he's not out there. That's uh, interior. I like. I love hearing that, especially from your you know crossover with the Lockdown Steelers guys. We interviewed Braden Fajoko very early before the season started, and you know we we're talking like, what does your sack dance look like? And maybe yeah. with his act- activation today, we get to see the Fajoko sack dance. So I'm I'm pulling for that. I'm hoping I'm hoping what you're saying is going to come true. And I want to see some Forrest Merrill in there too, right? Let's I mean, go. There's some huge Forrest Merrill fans out there. And I just love the fact that this dude, when you look at him, there's no other position that that guy's going to play other than defensive line and right in the middle. Yeah. And I love his ability to eat up double teams and kind of fight through that. I think he hasn't really been used enough, but 
you know, with the issues on the defensive line, he's going to get his shot yeah. on Sunday night for sure. Run for us, run. Let's do this. So uh, uh, we appreciate you coming on, David. It was awesome chatting with you, man, and taking the time to come chat with us. We really appreciate you. Dude, I, I absolutely love what you guys are doing. Your dynamic is fantastic. You guys have some great personalities on your show. I've checked into a couple of your shows on Spotify, and they're always very entertaining. They're always very funny, but they're also very inform- informative as well. You guys do your homework, and it shows. So uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, and keep it up, man. The more Chargers podcasts, the better. Absolutely. And and likewise, you know, my daily, if I have nothing, you guys are my go- go-to. I always got, got you on uh, every day. So thank you guys. Keep it up. You know, I know Charger fans love listening to you guys. So, you know, thank, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Hell yeah. Let's go get a damn win on Sunday night football in front of the entire United States, baby. I love it. Let's I, go. Let's do it. Let's go. Well, there you go, David. Thank you. Oh, thank I'm you for, for coming it. on and then giving us a little insight as to what we can expect to this Next upcoming game, uh, yeah. What the mentioning of the 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 pressure up the middle uh, against this? Uh, what what's the guy's name? Is it Green? Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green. Yeah, yeah. He's a rookie center out of Illinois. But here's all I have to say: <clears throat> you have a rookie right next to Trey Turner. That's got to be what you go after. Come on, <laughs> right, that's that's a gap right there. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> right. go right at him. Right, and if Trey if Trey's your starting O lineman and Trey's not playing. I, whoever steps into that spot, that again is just that spot that you would attack, right? <laughs> that means they're worse than Trey that's Turner. What I'm saying. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, uh, Do it. Do you it got the soon. backup to Trey. It's just yeah. like <laughs> anybody named Trey on the O-line, yeah. not going to have a good day. <laughs> uh, did anybody want to change their bolt prediction to a Fajoko sack dance? Because oh, God, I, I'm taking revisions. I'll really do it. I'll do that. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. Now right, that Fajoko now that seconds. I know that Fajoko is on the active roster and that, oh, that's that would have been even more. Line. It would have been even more bold if you called it when he was on the practice <laughs> was squad. I know, right? <laughs> that would have been epic. I'm still sticking with what was it? Three Bosa sacks. He's going to sure. come. Like Kyle said hibernated and ready to eat. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. So yeah, change it up. Fajoko sack dance. One, please. I'll take more than one too if you're feeling <laughs> one, greatly please. generous. One, please. Um, awesome. David, thank you again for coming on and chatting with yeah, Kev. Thanks, we man. really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, all right. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. We have it every other week, and with this one is just as good as the others. Yep. It is Bolt History with Mike Modlin. Here we go. Mr. Modlin. What's up, Bolt Gang? And welcome back to another installment of Bolt History with me, Mike Modlin. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most heartwarming stories in Chargers history. Now, I'm going to be uh, telling you about a couple of players first before we get to that moment, and you'll probably be able to figure out what that moment is after I get done discussing these two players. The first of which was a gentleman named Louis Kelcher. Uh, Louis wanted to play baseball in school, and by the time he got to junior high school, he was one of the biggest kids in his Texas class in junior high. Uh, and the coaches saw dollar signs in their eyes, and so they wanted to switch him from baseball to football and eventually talked him into it. So he went through junior high and high school playing football and then got a scholarship to SMU where he played college football. He ended up being drafted by the Chargers in the second round of the 1975 draft. He spent nine seasons with the Chargers. He earned first-team All-Pro honors in 1977 and 1978. He was a three-time All-Pro Uh, Sorry, a three-time Pro Bowl selection in 1977, 78, and 1980. He's a member of the Chargers Hall of Fame, as well as the 40th and 50th anniversary teams. Uh, He was selected as Team MVP in 1977 and was the first defensive lineman to win that honor. He was also part of the Chargers Bruise Brothers defensive line. That was the nickname based on the Blues Brothers movie at the same time that it came out. So obviously that was a fun nickname for the defensive line. The Bruise Brothers were Leroy Jones, Fred Dean, Gary Big Hands Johnson, and of course, Louis Kelcher. Uh, and he also had a hand in, in helping win the Epic in Miami by stripping their running back of the football at a crucial point in the game. He was traded to the 49ers after retiring. With several, After the nine season with the Chargers, uh, he decided to retire. Um, the 49ers inquired about him and they were able to talk him out of retirement and they traded him to the 49ers where he went on to win a friggin' Super Bowl with them, which sucks. But anyway, uh, he reunited with Fred Dean on that San Francisco team as well. Um, he also tried his hand at acting in the movie called North Dallas 40, where he played, get this, a football player. Uh, that takes us to the next gentleman we wanted to talk about, a gentleman named Rolf Benershka. 
Rolf was a local San Diego kid. He graduated from La Jolla High School, believe it or not, and then he attended college at UC Davis. He was selected in the 12th round, and he played for the Chargers for 10 total seasons. And when he was having trouble with distance towards the end, the Chargers drafted some competition for him in 1985, a kid named Ralph Majenko, who was a kicker slash punter, just to provide some comfort competition for Rolf because his his uh, kickoffs weren't going as far and he wasn't making as, as many of the long field goals as he used to. So they drafted him in 1985, Ralph Majenko, that is. Uh, and then the next year, they signed Vince Abbott from the defunct USFL. He played for the LA Express in the USFL, and he was a really good kicker there. Uh, the Chargers brought him in for a tryout, ended up signing him. And that was pretty much the end for Rolf. Uh, Vince ended up winning the, the competition, and the Chargers decided to trade Rolf Bernerska to the Dallas Cowboys for a draft pick. Uh, he ended up getting picked cut before preseason by the Dallas Cowboys, and he went on to announce his retirement after that. Uh, Rolf was selected as a second-team All-American, or sorry, second-team All-Pro uh, in 1982. He made the Pro Bowl in 1982 and was selected in as the Walter Payton Man of the Year in 1983. He's also a member of the Chargers Hall of Fame and the 40th and 50th anniversary team like Louie. He also replaced Pat Sajak shortly as the host of Wheel of Fortune, in the 1978 season, Rolf started showing some signs of illness and some health issues. He was dis he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and ul ulcerative colitis. Uh, in the fourth week of the 1979 season, the Chargers were on the road in New England, and they played a game there, lost 27 to 21. And on the way home on the team plane, Rolf collapsed on the team plane due to his health issues. So after landing, they immediately took him to the hospital where he had an emergency surgery after the initial emergency surgery, uh, he had to go through a second emergency or a second surgery due to complications from the first surgery. And he developed that after having his large intestine removed. And he, he actually got hepatitis C from a blood transfusion. Coincidentally, all the transfusions that he had to go through during his treatment there in the ICU that time uh, led to him creating the Chargers blood drive, which he started that season and still continues to this day, which is pretty cool. He woke up from the surgery and six weeks in ICU, 65 pounds lighter than he was from his, his playing weight. Uh, he was close to dying several times in the ICU, but he was determined to rebound, and he went through all kind the, the rehabilitation he went through and the dedication that he, he had in that rehabilitation is just unheard of. All of this leads us to November 18th, 1979. That day, the Chargers were playing the Steelers at home. The Chargers were playing the Steelers in San Diego, I should say. And the Steelers, they were the, the 70s team of the decade. Um, they had won four out of the six Super Bowls they had played during the 70s. And they would end up winning the Super Bowl later this season that we're talking about this 1979 season. Chargers publicist Rick Smith called Rolf um, to see if he wanted to show up to the game because he knew he'd been released from the hospital. Um, so he, he called Rolf to see if he wanted to come to the game to kind of lift his spirits. And Rolf said, hey, man, I've only been out of the hospital for 10 days. I weigh 123 pounds. I can hardly walk. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if I can do that. I've got wires sticking out of me. Uh, I'm having to wear coveralls because I can't wear any restrictive clothing. So uh, I, I, I don't know how I would be able to handle all that. And Rick assured him, hey, man, we'll get you set up in a box seat where you're away from everybody. You'll be super comfortable. You'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. Just get here. So Rolf did. He showed up to the game. He went up to the box seat. And no later had he sat down and gotten comfortable in his box seat before Rick came and found him and said, hey, man, the, the your teammates know that you're here and they really want to see you. They hadn't seen Rolf for at least six weeks by that point, almost two months. Um, so everybody was dying to see Rolf. And so they helped him down to the locker room. And as soon as he gets down to the locker room, this large man, a 350-pound defensive lineman, came, comes over to Rolf and was just so happy to see him, and and it was Louis Kelcher. And Louis was also in civilian clothes because he had had a knee injury that sidelined him. He had a knee injury during the preseason that basically sidelined him for the year, so he was also in civilian clothes. So as soon as Louis sees Rolf, he goes over to Coach Coriel, and he tells Coach Coriel, hey, man, we have got to make Rolf a captain for the day. Uh, I don't care what you're saying, who's the captains, we got we to gotta bump somebody off to make Rolf a captain for the day. And no later had Coach Coriel agreed to that before uh, the equipment manager, Sid Brooks, slips a jersey on over, over Rolf and his coveralls. And as soon as that happens, uh, Louie goes and grabs his jersey and puts it on as well over his civilian clothes. 
uh, Rolf didn't think he was going to be able to, to walk out to midfield um, for the coin toss. Louis just said, hey, man, don't worry about it. I'll carry you if I have to. That's <laughs> the kind of friend Louis was to him. They slowly made their way out to midfield. And they come up face to face against two of the Steelers captains who were Jack Lambert and Mean Joe Green, of all people. And as the crowd begins to notice it's Rolf walking out on the field, the crowd just starts going nuts. And that was probably the loudest I've ever heard the stadium in San Diego ever get was when Rolf came back to be a captain for the opening coin toss on that game. And the crowd was screaming so loud that Mean Joe looks at at, uh, Rolf and he goes, man, they must love you, Uh, which made Rolf start tearing up. The Chargers won the coin toss. And despite playing the heavily favored Steelers, they ended up winning that game 35 to 7. The photo of Rolf and Louie leaving the field that day holding hands is one of the most iconic photos in Chargers history. And now you know the story behind it. One of the fun things, though, that a lot of people don't know about this story is that while Rolf was in the ICU, Louie tried to go visit him. And he gets there to the visiting desk and he tells the nurses there that he is Louie's, or sorry, he's Rolf's brother. He's Louie Bernerska. And at the time, Rolf was 120-something pounds, and here comes this big 350-pound guy who looks nothing like Rolf, and they're like, ah, which side of the family you're on? And and uh, Louis couldn't continue with the lie, so he just left and never got to see him in the ICU. But he obviously did get to see him later at the stadium on November 18th, 1979. Um, the best part of this story uh, is that the Chargers allowed Rolf to compete for his job once he was able to get through his his uh, ICU issues and and. He got rehabilitated to the point where he felt he actually rehabilitated with the San Diego Soccers for a while, kicking a soccer ball around, which led to him being part time announcer for the Soccers, which is another kind of cool story about this, this whole incident. But they allowed him to compete for his job in the 1980 season, the very next season, uh, which he ended up winning the job. And he went on to kick the game winning field goal the season after that in the Epic in Miami. Uh, And then he played for six more seasons with the Chargers after that. So that is the story of Rolf and Louie, the picture that you see of them holding hands, uh, an unlikely friendship, a defensive lineman and a kicker. That's it for Bolt History this week. Make sure to stay bolted. Make sure to follow Charger Chat Pod on your favorite podcast network uh, on YouTube. Make sure you give them a like on all the social media platforms. And again, you can follow me at Supercharger on Twitter. Okay, love you, bye. Mike, man, another like tearjerker, dude. That's such a good story, man. Like. It's just a story I never would have heard. No, no. no. Like, this I was never five would have years thought, before we. I was born, so I would have never thought known. to look it up. You know, like how right. do you even think to go look that kind of stuff up? And it, it makes me think too, like the team that a like a football team was a team back then, right? You know, like a defensive lineman even knew who the kicker was. Sure. You know, like nowadays, like I bet you there's a lot of defensive linemen on our team that have never said a word. To Dustin Hopkins. Well, and let's not forget that just recently, prior to uh, the the offseason, there was Mike and Ike. You had yeah. Isaac Rochelle, a defensive lineman, doing a yeah. podcast it's with uh, with Michael Badgley. So I I I love this story because it it makes me think of this current team. It make like yeah. you mentioned, like I feel like this team is so much more like Staley's talked about is about building relationships. And I think yeah. that that's what this team has right now. Like when this team wins, they celebrate and they, as as a team win, and when they lose, I think they deal with it as a team loss. So I, that's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of this current team and the relationships that everybody has with each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Mr. So Bodlin, cool. thank you for thank you. for digging into the depths yeah. of Charger history yeah, and pulling out more gems. Continue to do it. Uh, and continue to check it out, folks. Every other week, we're going to have a Bolt History segment, and it it rocks. So, and I go, love the new setup too him. over there. The oh, yeah. dude, look at put together. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot going on behind Jeez, you. Behind me, it. there's nothing. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're we never addressed we're, what's behind us. We're in some kind of warehouse. We yeah. never will. <laughs> there's no doors or windows, and if I do a yeah. good job, they let me. See my family, but uh, <laughs> yard time. <laughs> um, okay, well, any other final thoughts, gentlemen, on the uh, upcoming game against the Steelers? 
Watch this Sunday night football, dude, is different. And Kyle right, gets yeah. like again, Kyle's going to the game. So go yeah, say hi to coach, man. How are you gonna when you go into uh, Thunder Alley, coach? Um, I'll probably get there around two-ish, two, two thirty, um, three maybe. I, I'm not exactly sure yet, but I'll be there a couple hours before the game for sure. Um, yeah, so we'll me and my wife and sister-in-law will be walking around. So if you see two twins, of, if you hear a <laughs> if you hear a really high pitched uh, laugh slash cackle. That's probably the twins. Uh, so just follow the noise of a of a funny laugh. We'll be giggling around somewhere. Awesome. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, that is going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Just want to say, let's have a little bit of that urgency. Let's have a little bit of that. Hey, fuck you. We're coming. K love you. Bye. K love you. Bye. K love you. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsors. When you wake up, you're a hungry bear. And if you don't fill that belly quick enough, you turn into angry bear. Well, don't reach for the donuts and sugar cereal. Be the healthy bear with Bosa Bear Oatmeal. Chock full of vitamins and healthy fiber, it's sure to fill you up to start the day off right. Bosa Bear Oatmeal, the meal to keep you from eating your cubs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.